0: Jesse and um, Jesse plays in that group? Nick Wright. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. He plays a guy called Old Man Gloom. <laughs> You're shitting me. No. Jesse does? Yeah. Like some cleric with some very unorthodox healing abilities that's uncommon to a cleric. I thought it would be something related to being a redhead. That's I mean, all I always feel
1: Jesse's going to do, but he doesn't. I know. Because that that is his
0: notable, at least strongest attribute that he has is the fact that he's a fiery redhead. But it's so good because like when I do the sessions, um I get just lots of compliments afterwards. Lots. Um I I then they'll like send me personal emails. The
1: way you actually DM the yeah. session? Yeah. Because you're so over the top. I'm pretty over the top. Is <laughs> that before or after you mashed your birthday cupcake in your fucking face? Oh, this was definitely after. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. How's my year, buddy? Yeah. It's on Instagram. Spitting fucking cake
1: bits everywhere. Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. I saw Christy. She's the one that posted that.
0: Why do you know? I feel like I look like a decently handsome guy in my photos. But whenever I see photos of me that other people take, I'm just like, fucked up. Oh, God. That is horrendous. You look like a slob monster. (laughs) You do. I don't know what it is. You look
1: like Swamp Thing.
0: I mean, I'm not really trying to look sexy. I'm not doing overly flattering camera angles on my photos.
1: Yeah. It's because people catch you in your dumb moments. That's true. These weird candid... People aren't taking pictures of you while you're being flattering. Like, they're taking pictures of you when you're doing dumb shit.
0: (laughs) That's true. Which is a good portion of my time in a day.
1: Yeah. You're always doing and saying dumb stuff and people are capturing it and you look like a fucking (laughs) retard. The it's one, like your christmas pictures
0: the one, yeah i was about to <laughs> the say the one thing. where the doo, 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 like that story you did of me yeah where i'm just like or like pushing my glasses yeah, up you look fucked up oh it's great you look
1: like a jill hall's character in that um that movie where he's uh he's like a street stalker like camera street stalker oh, guy yeah yeah that's that you remind me of his character in that movie where you're just kind of fucked up yeah that is a good portion of my day. The best part is, we need to dress you up in that outfit, but just like I'll have a camera, but you just be walking just around. Just be me. Just you in that outfit walking around the toy aisle of Walmart. Oh God. <laughs> and I want to see what happens. We need to film it. I want to see how long it takes security to to come remove you. Okay. And I'll just
0: look at Nerf guns and, like, Huffy bikes. Yeah. You're, like, (laughs) playing with plastic swords and stuff by yourself with the putty tail. (laughs) I'm telling you, we need to do that. That's gold. It would be good. Yeah. And I feel like um, we don't really have a name for him yet but maybe he'll be on the cover of a ticket episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll be on maybe the fucking the guest. Maybe he'll be on the cover of my, Montgomery County's jail website. Oh, that's true. Sex offenders. Yeah. He looks like a sex offender. Yeah, which definitely. Is me. So I guess I look like a sex offender, but keep in mind it's a character.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up though. Uh, <laughs> it's really messed up. I love it. I dude, to parade you around looking like that would be fantastic. Yeah. that's actually how we should do our Q and As going forward. Our Facebook video, li- our live feeds,
0: <laughs> just be like a you
1: dressed up like that, but me like dressed up like a woman with like pigtails or something crazy yeah. with like fucked up smeared lipstick. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be like this quasi fake husband and wife combination.
0: I think that's fair. I can, do, we can or do that. or just a fucked up brother and sister. Oh, <laughs> that are a little too close. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good that would be fucking great. the staple of the state of ohio
1: totally easier for you to do it but i would i wouldn't mind doing it because <laughs> i want to i kind of want to make fun of
0: i could maybe be a girl as well we will talk about it we could either one of us could yeah. do either maybe we're sisters
1: and we could do that too oh that's what we should do As sisters <laughs> what's that movie with um dustin hoffman where he dressed tootsie tootsie
0: yeah, like that we just be like Tootsie, noticeably yeah. a man in the face. Yeah, but clearly trying to look like a woman. Even
1: sounds like a man. Yeah, he does not do. No. He's got a deeper voice. That he doesn't yeah. sound like a woman in that. Oh, it does not but he fooled everybody. Oh, he fooled the whole office. Like Mrs. Doubtfire is more female than Tootsie. Uh, and Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire is a hundred percent dude.
0: I'm Yuffanaya, <laughs> and Yuffanaya
1: <for> Doubtfire, <laughs> dear. <laughs> That was a great character. Any movie where the I'm guy a hip-hop dresses up.
0: Hip hop, bebop, dance, <laughs> take a <and> drop. <laughs> yo, yo, make a cup of hot cocoa.
1: <laughs> Dude, you nailed that. How do you remember that?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I really don't.
1: Whatever happened to the little
0: girl in that, the Matilda girl? What oh, the fuck did she? She's an she... artist now. She gave How up acting. Do you know this? I looked it up. Um, she's, she got out of acting, and she's now an artist. Mm. Slash lawyer? Mostly artists, though, because cute little girls with a lisp are not so cute when Listen. they're fucking fifteen, sixteen
1: years old. She, she's a uh, she's that, that little Lillian cute G. girl is not. She's hideous. I know it. She didn't grow up to be. Yeah, she's like the little kid from.
0: Uh, even though he's still acting, the little kid from Joel Wilson. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He he he's so a fat, short little fuck. So unfortunately, him. I love him because I've seen him on other things. He's hilarious. Since then, he's really he's good. really funny. Yeah, but. Let's face facts, the face that we're used to seeing in the sixth sense has not grown at all. It's the, the same face. The face is exactly the same size. Yeah. The only thing that grew around that it's face everything else. is everything else. Yeah, he's got so, a fat head so and a So his head, fat head gut. got bigger, but his face didn't. Yeah. His body got bigger, but his face didn't. Yeah, it's like he looks like he's been photoshopped He was such a cute life.
1: kid. You remember him in Forbes Gump? The cutest yeah. kid on earth. Yeah. And he turned out to be the most horrendous adult.
0: Yeah, and we did this like beard thing. He had like a beard. and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, he
1: still has it because I saw him the first time I saw him back doing film was in the Entourage movie. Yeah, and I was like, oh.
0: yeah, yeah, I was, holy shit. Yeah, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah, you immediately a, know it's him. Yeah, you know it's him. His face is... But looks, then you're just like, whoa. If you literally cropped out just his face, yeah. he looks like he's still Yeah, just shave seven. his beard. <laughs> but he's actually a really he's really good, good actor. He's good. He's very good.
1: I want to see him in more stuff because he's damn I know we're making fun of him
0: uh, visually, but he is a good person in yeah. general. Yeah.
1: Uh. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning into the podcast. This is episode
0: 40. Holy shit. Oh. Milestone episode. Burr, burr, burr. How do you say 40 in Spanish? Um, Dos, dos. Dos, dos? No, it's not, that's not it accurate. Sounds like 22. <laughs> do you know what you have
1: to do in Latin to, once you get to, like, um, 18, it's 20 minus. That's how, like, once you get to, like, 18, you don't, it, there's no number for 18 or no number for 19. It's 20 minus 1, 20 minus 2. Like,
0: even in Roman numerals? I
1: think that's how you do Spanish, too, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Listen, I took dos I took forty French, is Dosekis. I took introductory French in seventh grade, and I did not take another language since. Right. Well, what is forty? Um, quatro, quatro, <laughs> <laughs> I Don't know. We should. Yeah. We Google should translate. We should talk to the protocol cigar guys because we clearly know we butcher. Spanish yeah. speaking.
1: Did you see where they tried to even even written? They tried to
0: <laughs> try to announce phonetically it, yeah. phonetically
1: like here's how it's being here's how you say it. And I still did not get it. Don't I was get like, it. I don't get it. Don't get it. <laughs> it's like just I get the meaning behind it. Great, tell me how to say it. Listen, call just, me it at a minimum, and be like, here's how you say it. We're
0: just gonna we're just gonna stick to what's comfortable. Q bar Aquino. Iquino. <laughs> yeah yeah don't hate us but <laughs> i'm sorry don't
1: make it complicated either the name of your cigars is easy protocol. protocol totally know how to say that the name of your company not too easy for americans yeah like there's that is the hardest one definitively like even Tatuahe
0: shouldn't be easy that one I, I followed but it's pretty easy well i yeah. have a hard time spelling it but yeah i know yeah, it's all over it. the place but uh, i mean
1: make it make it easy
0: I guess how would you say protocol in Spanish, like protocol probably the same It's probably, probably protocol. protocol It's yeah. probably an English word yeah, it's probably just protocol
1: there's not much you can do. I always try to take English words and just imagine what they are in Spanish,
0: yeah, because I, I just I've noticed that with languages like there's certain words that are very specific to that type of culture, and when you hear that word in other countries, there is no. There is no alternative. Right. Like I don't even know
1: what the fuck you're saying. They
0: would just say protocol. Like yeah. if protocol was an English-speaking well, word. Well, there's
1: differences between Spanish-Mexican and Spanish-Spanish. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Why are there multiple iterations? Learn how to speak the same shit. As a matter of fact, why don't we just all, everybody in the world speak the same thing? The only universal language we have is sign language.
0: That's kind of fucked up. I think the big difference is is Europe and South America, I would say, are Spanish. Mexico just <laughs> fucked up. Just fucked up Mexicans. It's what I imagine
1: it sounds like when people from, like, eastern Kentucky or yeah. West Virginia talk yeah. to us. Yeah. Or, like, huh? You say pop. We
0: say soda down here, boys. Soda. Soda. And there's other things that are just not translated well at all. Like soda pops, like. What is that? That's almost like national or internationally used, right? Soda, soda. or soda, just soda. Yeah. We, the, pop is only like, popular up. There's this like way. a small. There's like a small pocket of us in Ohio that say pop. Yeah, there's like few states yeah. say it, but it's not
1: common. No, which I don't give a fuck. Eh, yeah. I don't drink that shit anyway. I don't even yeah. say that word. How often do you say soda pop or pop? It's or soda. too many
0: syllables. Yeah,
1: soda is two syllables. Pop, pop is, is one. one. Yeah. It's like, let's path release least resistance. Yeah. Let's make this shit easy.
0: No we say pop it because it's fizzy. Is
1: that? Why? Carbonated. Or when it hits your bloodstream, it goes, pop!
0: Yeah, I don't know, you know. Who right. knows? That's what I think it is. They say pop because cocaine. carbonated. Anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, like bubbles. Bubbles popped that. Did
1: I don't even like pop that much. I when's the last time I had a fucking. I haven't had a pop in probably five years. I had a sprite the other week. I didn't have that. I, don't, I swear to God, the only thing the dark sodas. The only mm. thing fizzy that I drink is my kombucha. Uh, Whaty you what? You know what kombucha is? No. So kombucha is like it's it's a fermented drink. Oh, it's, uh, it's a probiotic. Oh, you Showed
0: me it was in your fridge. Yeah,
1: it's a probiotic. So I get the fizzy one. I get fizzy kombucha. Um, I get blueberry grape and blueberry ginger.
0: Fucking. They're been, so good. I've been drinking my brain juice. Have you? Yeah. Do you feel more like a brainiac? Is your head getting bigger? Um, I'm not sure. It's called True Brain. It's my first <laughs> full of month it. of subscription for it. It's pretty pricey. I feel like
1: you fall into that <laughs> subscription trap pretty easily. <laughs> it's pretty pricey. Why didn't you just try Alpha Brain?
0: Buy on it. I could have. Not a sponsor. Um, but, but if you want to be, hit us up. But it seems to. I mean, it has a lot of good vitamins in it it's kind of like is it more focus yeah it is. i think a lot
1: of people are so stupid and here's the irony they're so stupid that when they see a product like true what is it called true brain true brain, brain. Or Alpha Brain, where they're like, it'll make me smarter. No, it just enhances focus and cognitive ability. It doesn't actually create intelligence. They literally
0: say that it's not going to make you a rocket scientist.
1: Yeah. It's literally on the package. But that's the the irony that's fun about it, is there's actually stupid people who believe that that's what it'll do for you.
0: The the reality is it's an alternative to caffeine. Like coffee, right. Yeah. It's it's a brain stimulant. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff.
1: Cognitive ability and the ability to focus is awesome. Anybody who can make something that's actually worthwhile, Mm -hmm. like alpha brain studies kind of prove that it works for exactly what it's intended, like things like that are great. No sugars in it. Good enhancement.
0: Literally almost zero calories. Yeah. We
1: need more stuff like that. Yeah. Kale now. It's hard to focus, especially nowadays. It's
0: with how chaotic everything is and how chaotic life is. And Kale asked for one yesterday. And I was like, no, that's daddy's juice. And he literally <laughs> said he's stupid and needed it. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, no, you're not. Are you
1: worried at all about the time where Kale's going to have to eat Kale and he's not going to understand that it's not
0: him eating himself? No, he already has. So it's kind of like he's not smart enough yet to realize it's like feeding a chicken chicken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he It's never going to know until it. Yeah, you know, it'll register eventually. It'll register eventually, but yes, um, he has eaten kale. He it's does so, enjoy it. It's so weird. Much like a chicken eats chicken. It's so weird <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's actually kind of, um, it's a little cruel it, that you it. named him after a fucking green vegetable. Now, it's phonetically named after a green vegetable. Yeah, it's not spelled but the same. it's not spelled the same. Right. It's like short for Caleb. Yeah, I get it. Why didn't you just name him Caleb. I don't know. I like kale. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny <laughs> to is each K- round, kale was like one of the very, like most popular names in 2016, and then in 2017, it's one of the most hated names. Are you serious? I swear to God, it's like everybody got fed up with that fucking name. Now, thankfully, I named my son Kale in 2013. Right. But, yeah, it was a popular name in, like, 2016. And then, like, last year, it's, like, one of the most hated names. He's the only kid I know with the name Kale. I've met one guy named Kale. Really? Yeah, and he was my age. Yeah, I've
1: never, he's, Kale is the first human being that I know named Kale. Yeah,
0: I've never, other than this weird random occurrence of a dude with red hair that I met in a coffee shop. Kale is literally the only one of his kind.
1: Yeah, that's so strange. How can it be the most hated name when there's not that many? I don't know. You ever see those things on Facebook where it's like, if your name's this, then you like to fuck all the time. Yeah. And it's a list of like 50 of the most popular names ever, Yeah, which is hilarious because my name always shows up on those and Lauren's name always shows up there. It's just you're picking 50 of the most popular name and like, those people like to fuck. Which consequently, enough, it's like those are the same people who like to eat their own shit. It's like, yeah. Yeah, because they're the most popular names. Yeah. There's no science around that. And then the dumbasses out there actually keep posting this and go, ha ha, I'm on the list. I like to fuck. It's yeah. like, no, it's just that's the popular name. Who doesn't like to fuck? Your name's Mike. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> Ugh. Anyway, so moving on from that the internet's cancer <laughs> it is it's bad i am literally
0: other than instagram have just completely i don't get my i literally got on last week to say thanks for the happy birthday yeah wishes. what was
1: really funny was is i was on facebook the other day going like just going through our new group page just to make sure like things some things were tidied up or yeah. whatever and i clicked back into my feed and i actually noticed in my feed How many people wished you a happy birthday and how many of those people you didn't respond to? Oh yeah. None of them. There was Um, like a hundred
0: people, friends, family, and this ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, but it's too much. It's too much. And that's why I did one nice message thanking everyone for the birthday wishes, which I'm sure then none of them saw that post. So they're like, oh, this fucker didn't even (laughs) respond to my happy birthday. Reality is I know they exist.
1: Yeah. So, do you know how you negate that though? You just cancel your account on Facebook. You just don't put your birthday on it, like me. That's true. So I never have to worry about that shit. Because I hate seeing it in my feed. It drives me nuts when I see that it's going to be someone's birthday in three oh, days. Dude, I'm like, I don't give it a fuck.
0: Is crazy when you get notifications of it on your. All phone. my friends have at least had thirty birthdays.
1: Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I don't give a fuck about my own birthday. I definitely don't give a shit about your birthday. Not yours. I'm saying people in general.
0: Yeah. But
1: like, I don't give a fuck.
0: I ain't no diva. I don't wear a crown. Some people do. On man. my birthday. Some
1: people do. I feel like after 30, it just doesn't matter. 30 is a big one.
0: Where are you taking me to dinner? Like.
1: Oh, yeah. That I, whole horse shit.
0: Um, I'm not going to be happy unless it's like 250 dollars
1: I just want you to make me feel special.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was so lovely to me. He got me flowers that he sent to the Dude, office. that's
1: another thing that drives me nuts is Valentine's Dude, Day. Dude, I hate it. So because, it's my y- birthday because you share a birthday with, on Valentine's Day, this is the shit that I have to deal with every fucking year. I hate where it. Where I hear, what are we gonna do for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, uh, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is my brother's birthday. That's the only thing I care about on that day. <laughs> And that's, and then I get like the third degree. Oh yeah, sure. That.
0: You feel the burn I just, instantly. I need you to
1: make me feel special sometimes. And I'm like, I do it's it, just like any I'll other do day. It,
0: I'll do it on a Tuesday when it's like. Yeah. Not random. expected. Yeah. When it's spontaneous. Yeah. Those are, those, I think those have more impact than. Of course fucking, they do. Than and it's like, just, Hey,
1: you want to know the true meaning of Valentine's day? It's pretty fucked up. I'll go through it if you'd like. Bunch of people died. Yeah. And that's what we're celebrating. It's like, come on, come the fuck on. Yeah. No one gives a shit. And I hate seeing pictures of these seemingly perfect little fucking couples online, friends, family, other. It's like, he got me flowers and
0: chocolates. He's the love of my life. And then boom, two months later, you'll be divorced. Yeah. Or he he just cheated on her before that. And it wasn't even for Valentine's Day. It was just like, my
1: bad. My bad. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Sorry. That's what the card says. (laughs)
1: <laughs> By the way, P.S. You have herpes now. <laughs> you uh, may want to go get checked. Yeah, it's stupid fucking holiday. It's just like sweetest day. Who the fuck made that bullshit oh, in October? You just wanted to stagger two days throughout the year to make women feel special. But here's my whole thing. Equality. Women's rights. Where's fucking... Where's my day? Where's white name, man day? Name my
0: fucking day. White man day? Yeah, white man day. <laughs> so... Where's my White History Month? I'm totally in support of Black History Month. But yes, maybe July would be a good White History Month. Because a lot happened in July for us as white people. Yeah, it did.
1: Independence. Independence Day was July, Wars.
0: Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. <sighs> maybe it's... I'll maybe, tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. I ain't no white privilege. No. I didn't get force fed a silver spoon when I grew up. I did. I'm just kidding. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. I w- here's the thing. I don't want a white day. You brought that up. Way to inject racism into this whole thing. I want not. I just want a me day. I want a guy's day. Oh, See, yeah, yeah. every guy can sympathize with you. this. Black, white, Asian, whatever, Hispanic. You Purple. can sympathize with the fact that you want. A day to yourself. And it ain't called Father's Day because we're not all fucking fathers. No. And let's face it, sweetest day in Valentine's Day is not for the guy. You want to take a poll who thinks those two days are meaningful? I got no it. guy has ever raised his hand. I got it. How about Leave Me the Fuck Alone Day? That's what we need. Silence Day. Silence Day. Get the fuck out of the house. Do not speak to me once. <laughs> I want 24 hours of you non-existent.
0: You better be at least 100 miles away from me.
1: Yeah. Different zip day. code at a minimum.
0: If you so much as text me or call me, it's a federal offense. I need my space day. (laughs) (laughs) I need my space day. Seriously.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that needs to be a thing. Because I am absolutely sick of the fact that I get to hear about Valentine's Day and Sweetest Day when there's no meaning around either one of them. Again, take a poll. Tell me if I'm lying. If you were to ask level of importance from both man and female Do you identify and support Valentine's or Sweetest Day? I guarantee your vote is going to be 99% of the females say that is a day to be celebrated and literally 1% of the males and that 1% definitively gay. And let's be honest, the rest
0: of the guys are being like, I support what she believes. Yeah, whatever
1: she wants, man.
0: Whatever she wants. Yeah,
1: fucking assholes. She wanted a car on Valentine's Day. You know day. what drives me nuts about people like that is you ruin it for the rest of us who try to be strong and not fall into the bullshit.
0: I, I, like I said, I just think like— I
1: know a couple of people like that, and I'm like, fuck you, man. You ruin it for the rest of showing us. Showing
0: you care and being having a certain amount of chivalry I think is more impactful when it's spontaneous. I just yeah. don't get this whole— like, I don't really do that either, but— right set the day like we're going to have a specific day right where we want the US economy to generate that's 4. what it is it's like black friday
1: dollars right it's the hallmark black friday yeah Pretty much. It's like, how do we spend more at restaurants? How do yeah. we spend more on cards? How do we spend more on chocolates? And then we, need, we need an economical infusion. Rings. Here's what we're doing. Bam. Hit this day. That's yeah. why stu- Sweetest Day is literally staggered. It's in October. Yeah. It's staggered. It's six months away. They do it for the same
0: fucking yeah. reasons. It's it six months. Tries so me nuts. Two, two times a year. Two times a year, you're you're so getting guys, your fucking bullshit holiday. In. You're gonna have to put back at least two hundred dollars per paycheck because that next six months and the, is already. And the problem
1: ticking. is, is if you, if you're not like me, who I'm stubborn as fuck. Everybody knows that. Most guys fall <laughs> into the trap. Hell everybody, yeah. everybody. I'm the type of person when you tell me to do something, I'm gonna go. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah. Even if it's good for me, Corey, I need you to take your vitamins. Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> You should drink mm. orange juice because it's good for you. you I'm like, not doing it. You're
0: just pinning your... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> you're like, open your fucking mouth.
1: Yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. You knew me when I was younger. You used to hide the vitamins under the couch cushions. Yeah, you did. Then then that would be next month's supply. And I would be eat 30, them. <laughs> yeah, you're digging in there like a dumpster. And then get a stomachache for too much vitamins. <laughs> and covered in dog hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's...
0: uh. I'm tired of it, man. These fucking holidays are bullshit. I Stephanie wanted to like buy dinner for me on Valentine's Day. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll, I'll buy dinner. I was like, this would be the one time I'll. I know you've always celebrated Valentine's Day as my birthday, yeah, right? But I was like, I'll buy dinner. We DoorDashed Dashed uh, the pub at the Green. Did you really? Yeah. Did it work well? It's fifty-four bucks for fucking meal. Yes, it uh, it worked very well. How much is like surcharges on DoorDash? So at a minimum, they charge ten percent. Okay. On top of your cost of the food. Sure. Um, but you can tip up to 25%, I believe. Um, but their rates vary depending on how busy they are. Right. So do they show that up front. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like Usually it's like five bucks minimum. And then you can like leave tips on shit. That's not bad. It really was that bad. I mean, I would never do it for a Taco Bell. Right. right, you would Places, do it for like a legit meal. I would do it for a, for a legit meal that I am not going to get up and. Get Why out did you eat stuff to. from the pub though? It was okay. I got a did you get burger. Fish and chips? No, I got it at the blimey burger. Yeah, their food's it's it's, it's okay. okay. The yeah. the burger it's okay is about the best. The burger was dry, but it had gouda cheese and gouda cheese is good. Roasted red peppers on it, and it was the toppings on the burger were delicious. Interesting. The burger itself was dry as fuck.
1: Yeah, that sucks.
0: Yeah, their food has always been. It's weird because it
1: always sounds good when you look at the menu, and then you know when you get it, you're kind of like, "Their fish and chips are good." That's why I ask because that's like, and dude, they give you a fuck ton of food. Good yeah, god, they do yeah.
0: They they don't they don't spare. Stephanie got this like weird pork roast thing that was delicious. Hmm. Interesting. I yeah. just thought that was a weird choice. Yeah,
1: with you know all the other like categories of food, but
0: yeah, I mean yeah, we just kind of went the list, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um restaurants on there.
1: Yeah, I need to look into that because I'm I'm getting more lazy Me as too. time goes on. Yeah. I think I've exhausted I so I feel like my workload in a year is literally parceled out in specific times throughout the year. Yeah. Like there's only so much energy to do things. I think I just already surpa- surpassed surpass that. We're only in February. So yeah. There's not much fuel left in the tank for me to do stuff for the remainder of the year. So I'm going to have to just find shortcuts and laziness for all these things. And I, I feel like DoorDash may be a good one. Of yeah. Those. Like
0: I stopped masturbating with my hand. Like I literally, all I do just now. Smack your dick against the wall. Is I lick a C battery and just stick it underneath the head. <laughs> <laughs> just feel the <a> slight tingle. <laughs> till, <laughs> till I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's gross. I like it. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Uh, So today is pretty cool because we are, um, this is part two of our cigar storage and maintenance. So specifically, this one is um, geared towards the maintenance piece of cigars, mm-hmm. which is, I'll tell you what, for me, it's not a thrilling topic. It's a boring topic. It's boring as fuck, but. But we're going to make it fun. It's extremely important. and. The cigar storage and maintenance piece of it is important for a couple of reasons. And just to recap on last step or two episodes ago, um, and our first part of this series, cigar storage becomes more and more and increasingly important as people become more acclimated to cigars overall. Because some people look at it and say, okay, I'm not just this, um, casual smoker if you will i'm not just smoking on the golf course i really like this and i want to explore a little bit more i want to buy some things knowing that people aren't going to smoke a cigar every day like we do typically yeah um you have to have a way to storage store and manage your cigars yeah so it is a very important topic
0: and on Um, the first episode we covered types of units of storage.
1: Right. Different types of units of which you can store and harbor your.
0: Your very exclusive and prestigious collection of cigars. Yeah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Love
1: it. Um, So this this week we're actually talking about the maintenance piece of it. So once you do have the unit, then what the fuck do you do? Yeah. Well, we're going to break that shit down for you. Yeah, we are. So I would like to begin with this. Um, I'm going to begin with a little story. Okay, and, I it's like not, and it's not directly related to the maintenance of cigars, but it cracked me the fuck up when I read it earlier. Okay, um, you're gonna know who it is, but don't say the name. Okay, um, so I was, you know, perusing through Instagram like I usually do, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of seeing what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, I came across, and and usually I wouldn't pick this out so much, but I did because it. I believe this is one of the most coveted and and delicious cigars that has ever been made in the history of cigars, which is the Pedro 1926. Yes. God, it has a so place. Good. And I believe everybody's hearts, um, that is really into cigar smoking. So yes. with that, mm. um, I, uh, I read someone's wasn't necessarily a comprehensive breakdown. It was just kind of like a subtle oh, teaser. No.
0: To, okay.
1: And, um, they said that the front end of the cigar <clears throat> tasted like blueberry cobbler.
0: Oh, uh, get the fuck out.
1: And, you know, in my head, I got really angry and upset. Yeah. Which I shouldn't. Um, What I was most, I wasn't angry was and upset. Was it a video? It, it wasn't a video. Oh. But I, and I'm going to get to a second part of this story. I wasn't so much angry and upset that someone used that adjective. I was angry and upset for the fact that this particular person is casting themselves out in the cigar community as an expert and trying to impart knowledge on other people. And I find descriptors like that very misleading if you are trying to review and or... I don't want to say sell, but recommend a product. Amen, brother. Mm. Because here's here's my thing, and I'm going to rewind just a little bit. Is this a sermon? If I'm in the mood for yeah. blueberry cobbler. Oh, yeah, you'd eat blueberry cobbler. I'd eat a blueberry cobbler. Damn right you would. If someone said that the Padrone 1926 tasted like blueberry cobbler, and let's just pretend for a second I'm not a cigar smoker. Yeah. And I go and pick up I go, oh, man, I love blueberry cobbler. I'm going to love this cigar. You sure she
0: wasn't vaping?
1: And I'm going to shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm going to go to my local tobacconist and I'm going to go, hey, uh, I want a 1926 Padron cigar Yeah. Um, and I want to experience blueberry cobbler. One, a tobacconist is going to look at you and go, huh. what in the fuck are you talking about? And then I'm going to explain what I had heard. But in addition to that, yeah, once I find out that there are no characteristics in the cigar at all that taste like blueberry cobbler, as a blueberry cobbler fan, I'm going to be very disappointed yeah. because I just spent $25 on a cigar. Yeah, you that did. tastes
0: nothing like blueberry cobbler. And you can get them from the Cheesecake Factory. You can get a Meyer brand one for like $4 for a whole fucking pie. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, So the reason I bring this up is because a a big part of what we do on this show and a big part of our intention of the show is to take away the pretentiousness of cigar smoking as a whole. We're trying to peel back the layers, tear down the barriers, and expose this really awesome thing to the rest of the world. Yeah. And it's descriptors and it's the misleading aspects of things like this that revert the intention back to this fucking collapsed, exclusive, and ideologically false, like, sense of this is what the cigar world is. It's, it's this tastes like malted chocolate. This tastes and, like pizza crust. What? This it, tastes like blueberry cobbler. What in the it, fuck it, are you
0: talking it, about? And in reality... Here's the catch 22. So I'm getting heated, but at the Ooh. end, but at the end it's always a negative outcome. The reality is is marketing cigars is difficult. Right. Especially to new smokers. Because new smokers, if you were to be very honest with them about what they're likely to taste, doesn't sound like a delicious meal that you'd want to f- partake in. Right. It just doesn't. Now, I was the same way, but I am a curious being, and I believe that the only way to get a true judgment on whether or not I'm going to like something is to at least try it once. Yeah. That said, it's a marketing thing, right? It's like, say, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I had no idea that cigars could taste like blueberries. I want to try it. It's like a Swisher Sweet or like a, yeah. you know. And, and And that's their way to, like, draw you in to, like, just try it. But the it's problem just is, so is you get, so, you get so disappointed at the end of it. And it's dishonest. And it's super dishonest. I don't dishonest. like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's difficult. I get it. It's like difficult to market a product like a cigar. I get it. Like, how do you describe or right. how does it set itself apart right. from others? But at Gotta the end be of better. the day, you want to set the right expectation for your customer. Right. It's, it's, it's deceptive. It's deceptive. It's, it's
1: deceptive and dishonest, and I'm fucking getting more and more pissed because I don't think there's any room for that. And here's the thing. I like, I like when people review and describe cigars. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like reading other people's reviews, and there's some that are, I think are really good as far as like people like, – uh, like when I, someone's using descriptors or adjectives, and I'm going – Oh yeah, I totally see that. I get where they're coming from there. And then there's some where it's 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 so misleading. It's it's so out there and it's so it's so definite. I hate the ones that are that are overly descriptive. Blueberry cobbler. Yeah. Like that would me that would be let's just say for instance I'm smoking a um let's just say I'm smoking a uh AJ Fernandez Hoyo. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what that tastes like? Mm. You ever had one of those um, those mint Milano cookies? Yeah, tastes just like one of those mint Milano cookies, oh, shit. but dipped just part of it dipped in some coffee, but more like a latte. So a mint Milano cookie dipped in a latte, yeah, a little bit soy of soy milk,
0: earthiness, like
1: like what in the fuck? Like the fact that you're even using something like that to describe a cigar little is of Canadian maple. Like you know what I don't understand? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Is how and 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 I kind of want to be this person. Okay. I kind of want to be this person. Are you gonna be the a hole. I kind of want to call them out on their bullshit. I, yeah, I, I'm so sick of fucking seeing it. I want to be like, you're dumb now. But I don't want to isolate myself we, either.
0: We've, we've we've talked about this. We've talked about the uh, 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 clever so, clever ways to do this. But we're we're, we're li- gonna do it. We're gonna be a little passive aggressive, though. We're definitely <laughs> gonna be passive aggressive. But we're, it, it's like
1: if you can't infer what we're doing, we're
0: gonna address about it, what
1: we're gonna be doing. <laughs> gonna if you totally. can't, if you can't make the connection, you're dummy. But you also you also can't look at me and go guilty. Yeah, because it's it, there's. There's we we're gonna create a little bit of a buffer, but it'll be inferred in what we're gonna be doing. Yeah, yeah, and and it just I don't know, man. It's a little unnerving to me because the whole intention is, you know, like we talk about it all the time. What's the next generation, and and how do you bring more people into the fold of cigar smoking? And I think I think things like that. I think some, and and I know when we're saying this, it's you're gonna be like, well, what what's the big deal? But it, it really is 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 balls deep as we are in. This industry and the community as a whole, you have to understand how desperately misleading words and descriptors like that are. This same person also used uh, dark chocolate malted caramel and nuts to also describe part of the 1926 Padrone smoking experience. And I was like, "Are you just eating a fucking dessert buffet? Yeah. Are we a goddamn golden corral and you're
0: just picking through all the goodies? Like, do you have a dementia? What the fuck? Do you man? have dementia, and you think you're you're actually smoking a cigar? Like but the Thai pod you're with candy? Just eat, yeah. All you're doing is just eating random bits of candy. It's got
1: to be something like where I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get why. It's like you're intentionally trying to make something up. Yeah." To make and it like sound said, for, to interesting make it, and market it, or or th- to to make it sound like you know what the fuck you're talking about, like I've been doing this shit for a long time. I smoke a lot of fucking cigars. Yeah, that's not me. That's not me. Either. Like I I go as far, as, like I'm two layers above that. Where if something if something is citrusy, I'll
0: go. It tastes citrusy. I don't go. Oh, it tasted just like Florida, Florida, all, like no pulp orange juice. My my judgment is how my tongue reacts to the goddamn cigar. Right. Your your you know how your your tongue is made up of multiple sensory type things. Right. right. Sour. Well, it's part of your smell too. Like they go right. hand in hand. Right. All those, I use those senses right. to determine if it's bitter,
1: if it's spicy, if spicy, it's sweet, yeah. Right, and that's about as descriptive as we typically get, and it's 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 part of the process to remain as truthful and candid and not misleading. I don't know. I'm gonna get off my fucking soapbox because we have things to talk about. But <laughs> I'm just fucking. It's irritating as shit when I see it, man. And and you're right. Passive aggressively, we're gonna be calling we're gonna people out some this bullshit. Shit. Yeah. People remember my unicorn palette. Uh, my unip- Unicorn Palette video, and the reason it got as much attention as it did is because I brought to light um, a very, yeah something that a lot of people were thinking but have never brought up. If
0: this was a Harry Potter universe, I'm starting to feel like a fucking muggle, and yeah. there's these magical fucking people that are yeah, you're
1: a muggle pulling, for sure. shit,
0: <laughs> pulling shit out, that are like, oh my god, I don't I, I don't have that ability.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Fucking drives me nuts. Anyway, so here we are in our second, um, the second part of our cigar storage maintenance episode. Yeah, and uh, let's let's begin. Let's dive into it. So we talked about storage a few weeks ago, and now we're going to talk about how you actually fully maintain a cigar. And I think most importantly, the first thing that we want to discuss is seasoning a cigar humidor as a whole. Yes. So you, I know, Chris, you, you did a little bit of research, and you're wanting to bring some stuff to the table. And I see the smile on your face, so I'll let you begin with uh, the seasoning process. Well,
0: let's start with tabletops.
1: Right. Or desktop humidors. Desktop humidors.
0: You know, these are the same old boxes, usually lined with Spanish cedar or cedar or some other type of wood of your choice. And they usually hold about 100 count. Now, if you're cheap, that's fine. There's ways to maintain these cigars. I would recommend a tabletop humidor. The problem is, is a lot of these suckers come with a um, analog hygrometer.
1: Yeah. They also come with those stupid, and I fucking hate, <laughs> I hate the humidification um, devices that they use, which are usually those uh, the kind of spongy green yeah. filters. Yeah. Those are junk. I recommend getting rid of that.
0: Yeah. So, um... There's ways of – so when you have an analog hydrometer, uh, you have to properly calibrate it more often than not. When they send them to you in the mail or in your dust, they're going to be never, I've never seen one
1: that's been calibrated. Yeah.
0: So there's ways of doing that. And to provide some context and some basic instructions for calibrating your hydrometer, I had a professional voice actor record this bit for me to kind of describe – how you could um calibrate your hygrometer. Before that,
1: yeah. Let's let everyone know what a hygrometer is. Sure. So, a hygrometer is used to let you understand the humidity, the humidity. that exists within a certain environment. Yes. Um what is really important and which I'm sure you're going to touch on is maintaining a accurate level. Yes. Uh with as minimal fluctuations as possible.
0: Yeah. Um, yes, because it measures humidity and it is relatively localized. Uh, could you hit the play button for me? before calibrating your hygrometer? you'll need a few things: a hygrometer, a bottle cap, some table salt, distilled water, and a small sealable container, and a quarter inch flathead screwdriver. Do you have them ready? Good. let's get started. First, fill the bottle cap about three-quarters of the way full with table salt. Pause this recording until you're ready to move on. Great! Now, apply only a few drops of distilled water to the bottle cap of salt. Make sure not to apply too much, as you'd only want to dampen the salt. Otherwise, start over. Pause this recording until you're ready to move on. Wow! You're nailing it! Next. Place the cap full of dampened salt along with your hygrometer into a small sealable container and wait 8 hours. Pause this recording for 8 hours until this step is complete. Good morning. Next, take a note of the reading on your hygrometer inside the sealed container. If it does not read 75%, take it out and adjust the hygrometer to 75% with the small flathead screwdriver. Congratulations! You've calibrated your new hygrometer.
1: Oh, and that's what we call the salt test. Yeah. So the salt test is a tried and true way to calibrate a hygrometer, which is otherwise not going to be calibrated when you get it. The salt test is always going to, if you do it correctly, is going to emit 75% humidity within a certain enclosed environment. I want to
0: thank Michael Simmons for recording that for us. Yeah, that was great. He did an awesome job. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Now we owe him $6,000. $6,000. I mean, he's good, but he wasn't quite worth that price, but I didn't have any other options. Yeah, it worked out well.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is, uh, that is the tried and true salt test, which people have been doing for a long time. I've actually calibrated a few hygrometers using the salt test. It is a very – I mean, it's, it's a great way of doing it. It's very try-and-true.
0: Yeah, and, and when you use uh, like a small cap of salt and you use a little bit of distilled water – um, it usually almost is always 75%.
1: Yeah, you want it to humidity. be, and, and you don't want to overfill it, so you don't want any water on right. top. You want it to be pasty. Yeah that's, wants, yeah. that's about how, that's the kind of saturation that you're looking for when you're doing the test. Otherwise, as the instructions, make sure you start over if, it's, if you don't have yeah. those desired results.
0: Yeah, because it will alter. Now, again, it's the humidity in the bag is going to be accurate, but your hygrometer is not, more often than not. So just keep in mind, as long as you did those instructions correctly, you'll have the right humidity in there, and then all you have to basically do is is adjust adjust the hygrometer. Right.
1: And in addition to the salt test, there's a couple other ways to do it, one being the Boveda packs. The calibration Boveda packs are awesome because they are emitting just like the salt test, a very specific humidity and you make your adjustments based upon that steady humidity. So if you know you have a 75% or an 82% um, calibration pack, you know that you can adjust your hygrometer to either one of those settings to match. It's just a very simple thing to do. The only thing that I don't like about analog hygrometers is sometimes they go out of sync. Yes, Um, And their fluctuations aren't always in alignment. So when it's 70 and it's a true 70 it marks but if there's any sort of fluctuations i feel like the analog hygrometers that i've used will spike considerably one way or the other um they don't always remain very accurate
0: yeah and and they recommend that if you do decide to keep an analog hygrometer um at least adjust it and do the same test Right. Every six months. Yeah, it's a smart thing to do, which seems
1: like a lot of maintenance, but it's not too terrible if you're if you're just doing it every. It's once like in a while. five minute setup, and then you just let it sit for several hours, and you're good. Yeah, it's not it's not a terrible process, but something better than analog hygrometer is digital. Digital. There's a lot of digital hygrometers that come already preset. Yeah. There's some that you have to calibrate. The calibration process is just as simple as the screwdriver mechanism that you'd use on the back of an analog. Typically, if you're using digital hygrometers, something that's surface mount, there's two, clicks to the right and clicks to the left, Mm -hmm. and that's how you'll calibrate. Um, And it's it's a pretty easy process. What I love about the digital hygrometers is, one, the readout. Could never figure out growing up how to read an analog clock. I wear watches. (laughs) Don't ever read them. Still can't figure it out. So a digital representation is just a very quick way to say, okay, here's where it's at. Um, And the calibration process is as easy, if not easier, and in many instances easier for the fact that it already comes calibrated from the factory. Makes it really nice. You can just toss that bitch in and done. Um, In addition to that, so there's variations of digital hygrometers. So I have a surface mount digital hygrometer that I have on the front of my humidor. Mm-hmm. I also want that gives have gives me a readout wirelessly. So I do have an app on my phone and both of them are calibrated together to where I can actually look at the digital representation anywhere where I'm connected to Wi-Fi, which is fantastic because I don't have to be in my dungeon basement looking at the digital readout at the front at all times. Yeah. I can simply go into my phone and say, OK, are my readings OK? I've got alerts that will set me if it spikes or if it dips too low. It'll say, hey, you're at this this point of which you said, yeah, alert me once I'm past yeah. it. And, and then I can adjust accordingly, which happens because sometimes my PG solution will, um, dissolve. I mean, it, it, there's only, you know, it's just like water, it evaporates, it gets absorbed. Yeah. Um, so you have to continually refill. And part of that maintenance, the ease of that maintenance process for me is having something that can tell me when I need to make adjustments. Yeah.
0: Since we're still on like tools of kind of, And in preparation for making sure you have the right tools to kind of maintain a good Huber Um, the other thing is keep in mind, like if you decide to go the route, if a digital and even an analog, be conscientious of space because the readings that most of these devices will give are relatively localized. Right. And if you have a larger container, it would be best to have another one. Right. On the opposite end, or higher up, or lower down, you know, lower down than some of your other hygrometers. I
1: think I mentioned that in the last the last podcast because I like to keep my temperature relatively cool. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that humid air sinks to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have an external digital fan that will actually help circulate the the humidity throughout but i do have a hygrometer at the top and i have one towards the middle bottom that mm-hmm. will give me the readouts and one towards the front and one towards the back so i'm trying to cover the total square footage if you will of my setup just to make sure that levels are equal and yeah. consistent across the board
0: so peeps it's it's literally as simple as that you can go the analog or digital hygrometer route right to measure humidity
1: now, when we talk about humidity, we're also talking about how do you maintain that humidity? Well, the re- the hygrometers only give us readouts, yes. But we also have to make sure that the units and in and of themselves are humidified, yes. So there's a bunch of different ways to do that. Um, so let's get let's get into that. Um, yeah, I'll let you uh, I'll let you begin, and then I'll
0: I'll insert and impart my knowledge. Let's do the Let's do the poor man's route again. I'll just do the poor man's route stuff. Right. Um, distilled water. Yep. Um, distilled water is a very cheap you can buy a gallon of distilled water for a dollar yeah um the reason you want distilled water is because it it it's removed all of the other impurities that you would normally have inside water which believe it
1: or not can 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 affect it certainly contain a cigar
0: yeah so you want distilled water if you run tap water just be warned that over time you're only going to... Yeah, there's to iron,
1: there's fluoride, there's all kinds of, of minerals that mm-hmm. are put into tap water for various yeah. reasons. You want to eliminate that as much as possible and trying to keep
0: your humidor as clear and as clean yeah. as possible. Yeah. So make sure if you're going to do the cheap route, distilled water is a great way. And really all you do is you take... so. Obviously, almost all humidors are going to have some form of wood in them, some porous wood. And you need to make sure that there's moisture captured within that wood to maintain a certain humidity inside the humidor. Right. Literally, it's as simple as buying a dollar sponge or less, like buying a three-pack, you know, sponges. Right. Soaking them in some uh, distilled water, wringing them out. And all you do is act like you're painting, baby. Act like you're painting a fence. Just yeah. go on the insides of the wood, around the top, around the hinges. Not to oversaturate. You Not certainly over-saturate. don't want to warp the wood. You want to You wanna, you just you wanna wring it out pretty good. When you wipe it, you doesn't want to look like it's soaking. Yeah. You, you do, it doesn't want to look like it's... I would say don't let any of the water beat up. You, d- you don't want it to beat up, and you don't want to look like it's dripping or anything like that or getting really dark very fast. like. Right. You want it to be that when you wipe, it slightly gets darker. When you wipe it again, it slightly gets darker. That right. That's how you kind of know you've got just enough moisture in the sponge. Because you don't want to oversaturate. So you wring that bitch out. And you just paint it, baby. You could just, you know, you can do the up and down strokes, left and right. Yeah. You want to do little circles. It don't matter. Yeah, I hate... So
1: one of the things that drives me nuts, and if you... You can ask this question. You can do your own research. And a lot of people s- always recommend staying away from seasoning your humidor with a sponge. I don't think it's bad. I don't so either. the last humidor that I, that I, desktop humidor that I seasoned with a sponge and distilled water turned out just fine. I think the caution part of it is not to warp the wood. But if you're so stupid to oversaturate the wood to where it warps, you're fucking retard and you don't need to be smoking cigars. <laughs> it is not a hard process. So if no. you're fucking it up, you're just a dum dumb. Because it's, it's, not, it's not an arduous process. It's easy to do. And as long as you're being smart about it, you're not going to ruin anything. Ring it out. There should be no right. drips coming from that sponge. Don't get overzealous because it is a process. Seasoning humidor, regardless of doing the sponge, regardless of doing a calibration kit, is a process. You go through the process for a very specific reason. You want to make sure that you're maintaining a collection of cigars the most appropriate way possible. So take your fucking time. Don't be an asshole.
0: If you're an asshole, you're going to fucking ruin it. And our consulting fees are $100 an hour if you want us to run you through the process in person. Right. We have a hotline you can call. Um,
1: So. Some of the things that can happen as a result of oversaturating, obviously you warp the wood. If you warp the wood, you're not getting a good hard seal on the container itself. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting a good hard seal, a good tight seal on your humidor, whatever unit you're using, you're going to have some wonky humidity levels. You're going to have stuff dry out. You're going to notice that the humidity is seeping through at an alarming rate. I actually did that with my cool door. I noticed this morning I got an alert through through the digital unit that I have. And my my readout dipped below sixty five percent, and I was like, "What the fuck?" You know why it happened? Hmm. So I have this um, I have this drawstring on my travel humidor case that I keep above it, and yeah. I closed it inside uh, the door. And even though it's a it very tight leaked. seal, it leaked just enough just from closing that little drawstring, and fucking like within hours, like all the humidity was just rushing out of it. So. One of the things that you want to make sure of is that you have a tight seal on that humidor and not warping that wood through that seasoning process is very crucial. So don't fuck it up. Take your time.
0: So, Chris and Corey, so I did the hygrometer. I put water all over the inside of my desktop humidor. What next? So my friend, you wait. You wait you wait at least eight hours. Some people will recommend you go a few that's, days.
1: Yeah, let's do There's, there's. If you're doing calibration kits, which you're talking about in a second, you're talking weeks. Sometimes yeah. you're talking up to, to 14 days. Yeah,
0: so there is a time to consider because you want to make sure that you applied the proper moisture to the wood and, um, uh, and obviously your hygrometer is reading correctly. Right. And when you do have your... Uh, let's say you go with a cheap seaweed route or PG solution beads, whatever. Yeah, that they're given enough time to keep the moisture in the humidor. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's a very important piece of it. Is what are you actually using to Humidify. capture, and create the humidity within yeah. that environment? Um, You already mentioned the distilled water piece of it, which is another tried and true way of of doing it, right? It gives you a sense of pure water that um, isn't going to inject any sort of minerals or anything into um, the cigars and taint them as a whole. Obviously recommended. I've never used tap water for anything as far as maintenance-wise goes. I've only ever used distilled water, so I can't say whether or not it actually harms it to the degree that we're talking about. Um, but to be on the safe side, don't use tap water. Use distilled water. Yeah, it's yeah. just common sense. Yeah. Um, you also have what's called PG solution, which is uh, poly—how uh, do you say it? It's it's um, propylene glycol. Pro- propylene glycol. Glycol, call. That's yeah. what it is. Um, and what and the great thing about PG solution, I'll which you, you, ZyCar sells, check. some PG solution. There's other uh, other companies that have PG solution. The great thing about PG solution is that if you're trying to maintain seventy percent levels, the it'll either release more humidity into the environment. Or it'll draw in humidity from the environment depending on what is needed at that time. Which is some
0: crazy science, people. It's crazy
1: science. And and that's what – so when you see – when we talk about uh, humidification packs using cigar crystals, you put the PG solution in the cigar crystals. And that's what helps maintain the balance of the humidor. I've used regular distilled water using those stupid seaweed sponges, and it's like once they're dry, they're drier than a popcorn fart. Yeah, they're bad. Um, And it's just not good for ongoing maintenance, especially if you have something that's a more complicated setup like I do. I use PG Solution because of those certain characteristics that it has. Um, and it definitely helps me maintain my humidor in a much better factor than I've ever been able to do using anything else. So I do have a ZyCar pack. I have two ZyCar packs. I have a small circular pack that is maintained at the bottom of my humidor. And then I have a surface mount pack that's at the top. Um, and then I do keep a little bit of a distilled water. Down towards the bottom as well, and I keep that in front of my fan just to keep everything mm-hmm. the humidity yeah. circulating as much as possible. Yeah. Um. And the P the PG is the way to go. Make sure that you're getting those crystals, get those beads. That is the apps and just some PG solution. It's the absolute absolute best way to maintain, especially for a long period of time. You're talking. There are some people I've heard you get six months, depending on depending on that cigar um, environment, how many they have in there, what's, what's the regular rotating. If you're, if you're in and out of your humidor all the time, like I am, you're releasing, you're releasing humidity, not only that, but then you're bringing new stock in that doesn't have the necessarily has the same humidification properties as the other cigars have been there. So you're going to absorb more. Um, so I have to maintain mine a little bit more than most people would, but if you're holding and harboring 20 cigars and you're only smoking once a month, you're not going to have to maintain it that often. I mean, you're probably get three four months use out of you know one PG batch, and that's that's
0: pretty good. Yeah, and I think uh, PG solution is only like six to eight bucks.
1: Yeah, it's not expensive. I use the ZyCar solution, which I really like, um, and I use ZyCar units. It, it, it's not that I'm put off by anything else that's out there. It's just I have ZyCar stress. I have a ZyCar cutter. I have a ZyCar lighter. I have a ZyCar case. I have. Everything fucking ZIcar. I'm just yeah. used to the brand and used yeah. to their kind of their standards. So I use their PG solution as well. And it works fucking fantastic. Those, those PG packs are lifesavers. Yeah. Um, I want to rewind just real quick. I want to talk about um, calibration. I want to go back to calibration because we talked about using distilled, um, distilled water to season a humidor. One of the things that I love, which came out years ago, is a company called Boveda. And you guys are probably familiar with Boveda Packs. A lot of people use them for cigar maintenance. So Boveda Packs work similar to the distribution of the PG solution inside the crystals. Mm -hmm. Um, They have represented kind of the same the same innards. But what you'll see in Boveda Packs is they're just packs. They're brown. They literally look like little tiny brown tea bags. Um, And you can use those to maintain humidity in a humidor, which is awesome. They also have calibration kits for seasoning humidors, which I fucking love because that's how I seasoned my new unit. So my desktop unit years ago seasoned it using the old sponge and and distilled water method. Worked out great. Worked out fine. Still have it. Still seals Uh just fine. No issues with that at all. But in my new humidor, because I was a little bit more sensitive to creating the perfect environment because it is much larger – I went down the path of using the Boveda packs, the calibration kits. And I'm telling you what, it's a long process, but it's totally fucking worth it. Because I never had anything fluctuate 200 degree that I was like, "Ooh, that shouldn't be happening. It calibrated perfectly. And I know a lot of people who use them. And so if you're looking for – if you're not looking to rush the process or you're not looking to try to get stuff in there immediately – which would, the path of least resistance there is using the sponge and distilled water method to season. This is a very much a slow methodical release of humidity inside that environment. And it can take up to 10, 14 days, depending on how large the unit is. And you need multiple Boveda calibration packs to do it, but it's perfect. They work out fantastic.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nailed it. You know, that'd be interesting. I haven't used one of those. I'll probably try it on my cooler. Yeah,
1: know. the Boveda uh, calibration packs are awesome. And actually Boveda just not a sponsor, um, released <laughs> their new digital hygrometer readout, which is a similar device to what I have. Yeah. But they actually I mean, they literally look almost identical. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um and they of course it's an app based program that kinda allows you to to peek into what your humidor conditions yeah. are at any given time. But it's pretty sweet. Yeah. There's some cool tools out there.
0: There's some great stuff out there, people.
1: Yeah. I, I did mention Um, the importance of when you're rotating cigars and maintaining that humidity level. So humidity levels are based on the environment. It's based on what's coming in, what's going out, how long something's left open, right? And you try to maintain it by, you know, doing certain things. Um, If you're a regular rotator like I am, you need to be cognizant of the humidity that is inside that environment. Especially when you add new sticks. As soon as you open a door, you're releasing humidity. It's not hard to adjust and get that, to ba- to get that back, but you need to be cognizant, in addition to that, like Chris just said, of what are you rotating in. Those sticks are at a different humidity level than what you have in your rotation currently. So if you're adding in 12 new cigars... You're going to have to make sure that you have enough PG solution that there's – you're maintaining a, a good humidity level and you got to keep a watchful eye on it because those 10 cigars, 10, 12 cigars are going to suck up a lot of humidity. So make sure if you're introducing a lot of cigars into a space at a particular time that you do yeah. have everything maintained correctly because what you don't want to happen is that you don't want to have a quick dry out. Yeah. That would be bad. Yeah. And in addition to that, you don't want to over-humidify anything either. That's why I love the, the PG solution. Yeah, you don't want to get spongy. Yeah, I, I actually had that. So uh, not a nightmare scenario, but one that wasn't pleasant for sure. Last year, um, where my humidor, where my coolador was sitting, was in the corner of my desk like it is now. Well, I had a big window... And there were certain times of the day, usually right around three o'clock, where the sun came in front of my condo and went right through that window and literally beamed light right into my humidor. And I would see these super fluctuations, not only in temperature, but I would see super fluctuations in humidity as a result. And there was a time of which I wasn't home for almost an entire week, and I left those blinds open. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, it was like super humidified. Everything that was on my top shelf was like it was spongy. Yeah. I remember I was going in there to smoke one of those um, Perdomo champagnes, which I love. It's one of my favorite cigars. And I got that thing out, and it was literally squishy. Ugh. And I was like, fuck. And I ruined them. I ruined everything that I had on my top shelf at that time. I had to throw it away because it was just – it was, like, disgusting. Well, there was, like, two I think that I was able to salvage. But those, those champagnes, I had to throw them all away. Because they had just they were past the point they were so super humidified. So you really have to keep a watchful eye on those things. The environmental conditions around you, injecting light, making sure that it's not in sunny spots. Um, you want to make sure that it's kind of in a cool, dark environment, kind of like a mushroom. Mm-hmm. Feed it shit and keep it in the dark.
0: And if you do have a dry cigar, uh, let it sit for a while. Yeah. You can you can almost nurse back most cigars.
1: You can, yeah. There's some there's some that you can resurrect from the dead. There's some that you can't, some are too far gone, but I've resurrected a lot. And of course, just if you are kind of in this overhumidification state, you can certainly always dry them yeah. out if you need to. Yeah. Cigars, quite quite honestly, we talk about the sensitivities of doing all these things, but they're pretty flexible. There's there's they can handle fluctuation. You want to maintain a certain level, but you know, there's people who say 70, 70, that's the magic number. And not depends on what your preference is, but you can see fluctuation spikes in humidity of five, uh, up or down anytime. And it, it it's not going to do anything to your cigars at all. Really. When the fluctuation is in the upward trajectory, you have to worry about things like cigar beetles and mold, and that will definitely spoil a cigar. Okay. Um, but outside of that, uh, for smoking a cigar, you, you, there's, there's,
0: Certain levels and variables that y- you yeah. can maintain it within. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also seen people that say like 72 is like another good humidity level.
1: 72 seems a little soupy for me. I like to keep – I usually like to keep mine 70. Ideally for me I like 67, 68. I like my cigars a little on the drier side. Per, it's just a personal preference. But
0: I, Yeah. I mean – and, and, and what's funny is like the, tr- the trade off is, is when you have a drier cigar, it burns better when you have a – but you can overburn because it literally can catch on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, humidity helps maintain the fact
0: that when something's not going to combust fully. Yeah, when it has a when it's I would say slightly over humidified. Yeah. They have a tougher time staying lit, but the the burn isn't as harsh. Right. It just, it really just it does come down to preference. Um I I think I'm I'm probably very close to the 70 70 guy. I think 70 humidity is, is good for me but I definitely like a cold cigar. Mm-hmm. Like I really like a cold cigar.
1: Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's something we touched on a little bit a lot of the last podcast. I don't want to, I don't want to reiterate necessarily what we went over before, but temperature obviously is a big factor. Yeah. Um, as it relates to the humidity too, again, and I've said this multiple times, I like mine a little bit more chilled. Um, and, and also, and really the reason is, is because I'm defaulting to the easiest, not the easiest, but I'm defaulting to the safest. Um, I'm a little less concerned with something being a little bit more cold than I am for something being a little bit more warm because as it relates to the humidity and the environment, that's when you can create trouble. That's when you can create mold spores where you can inject cigar beetles into the c- scenario. If I'm keeping something cold and I'm maintaining a, a proper level of humidity, I know I'm safe. Um, yeah. I like the safety factor because I do travel a lot. So I am not always near my humidor. If I'm gone for a week at a time, I need to assur- I need to be assured that nothing is going to be damaged or harmed in the process yeah. while I'm gone. Because yeah. there's no way I'm gonna be able to call on anyone else to go maintain my humidor for me. Um it's not like watching a dog. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> um so I have to make sure that everything is properly maintained, and I and I just always err on the side of caution, and that's why I keep the temperature mm-hmm. as cool as I do. Yeah, and it's just preference for me. I like I like my cigars a little chilled. I do too. I like them colder. Yeah, I like that on my lips. I like the coldness on my lips. I
0: mean, I really can't think of anything else. I mean, yeah that covers that covers seasoning and maintaining. Pretty well.
1: Yeah, we talked about the different types of storage in the last episode, and, and they're all maintained differently. So one of the things we talked about last time was active and passive humidifiers and why that's important. So if we're talking about specifically about the maintenance of cigars, when you get above – if you're in the realm of a 250-count or above um, humidor or coolador – you may want to look at an active maintenance humidification system. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just to make sure that you're getting enough airflow through there, that the humidity levels are maintained at all levels, right? So if you have a tower, if you have a, a humidor tower, you're talking about variances of humidity at the very top at the very bottom, which could be four, five, six feet tall, um, something like an active unit from Cigar Oasis is probably what you're going to want for that. Otherwise, you're going to be just tossing in a whole bunch of Beveda packs, or you're going to have a whole <laughs> bunch of crystal units that you're going to have to spread amongst that that environment. Um, it's much better to have an active system at that point. I mean, even to the degree I have my Coolador is not huge; it's a 250 count. I thought about putting. An electronic active unit in mine just to help maintain everything that I need. It has a built in fan. The humidification system is near automatic.
0: PG solution into it. PG solution or distilled
1: water and it it just maintains. Yep. Hmm. Which I thought about doing a few times. If I get the 400 count, which I will eventually. Um, I'll switch over. I'll definitely do an active system, but
0: yeah, that's one thing I haven't really looked into.
1: It's just it's a smarter it's a smarter way of just maintaining at that point. It's it's less hassle. I'll put it that way because I have multiple humidification units in mine. Yeah, and it'd be nice to just have one. The problem is is they take up quite a bit of space, and I would rather that space be consumed with delicious cigars than I would a humidification unit. So. Yeah. Um, see that. But I think I think we kind of nailed it. So we talked about storage in the last episode. Uh, we talked about um, desktop humidors. We talked about putting things in bags. We didn't really talk about travel humidors that much. No. Um, they're fairly travel humidors are simple. Zycar makes units. You'll see units all over the place. You maintain them very similarly. They usually have the uh, the sponges that you can um, you can just put a little nice. bit of distilled water yeah. in them. I never have stuff in a travel humidor long enough to really worry about the humidification factor but that it's already built into the unit so it's there if you need it um we talked about cool we talked about the ability to take a traditional wine cooler and make it into a cool door so you have that ability too and then some of the uh commercial tower units that yeah. some people like to use as well and yeah so i think we covered the full gamut of everything um We will solicit and ask this all the time because this is a very important topic. If people do have questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can reach us on email, which is hello at big six tobacco.co. And Chris and I both get those emails, so we can equally respond. Um, and of course, you can reach us, you know, reach us at Instagram, which is probably the primary and preferred at this point, Mm -hmm. um, which is the hot ticket pod. And Chris, you're at what?
0: Um, I'm at Instagram. Big 6 Chris. You'll see me on Facebook soon. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. All oh, the announcements.
1: Yeah, we've got announcements oh. and we have news. So, we've got Woo. a couple things. Yeah, this ain't over yet. This ain't over. We're just wrapping up the maintenance piece of it. Yeah. Um, but this ain't over. So, let's uh let's dive into what we've got coming up.
0: So, we have been in the background planning for a lot of stuff. Things like uh facebook groups to handle cigar 101 stuff and q and a's and just generally getting to know you guys better than than we can on instagram
1: right yeah so the group which you can see publicly but you have to go through there's a process to go through for for acceptance and it's not an arduous one but we are called the the hot ticket cigar faction
0: yeah yeah sounds like uh Sounds like a dictatorship. It's a revolution. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, I would say within the f- very few coming days afterwards, it'll be active. It'll already be out. So you, we'll, we'll make sure to like ping you all with right. some form of message like, hey, come over. You'll, to the group.
1: you'll see it. And I'll likely, um, I usually add in a link to the podcast directly on Instagram, but I'll probably end up linking the Facebook group this week. Yeah, um, just to get people acted and engaged in that whole process. And, uh, you know, we'll have a whole bunch of goodies where it's not this won't be a set it and forget it. Chris and I are going to be very intentional as far as what we're doing on that page. Um, as far as the cigar Q&A's, yeah. um, we'll do some videos. We'll do some recaps. We may link up. We'll send you links to the podcast when we review certain things. Um, it, it'll all be interrelated.
0: The other one. And this is like the best. Wait, Uh, hold
1: on. I need to give uh, my news on one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yours is like super important. Um. So today I got a chance to do, and it'll be released this week. I have actually was invited to do another podcast, which is really cool. It's called the Lush Us Life Podcast. It's two, uh, two very hilarious females, Lisa and Alicia. They do this podcast, and they are for all intents and purposes, alcohol experts. It's really freaky how much they know. It actually blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's weird how Lisa found me on Instagram, but we, uh, we kind of built this cool relationship over time and they invited me to be on their podcast. So that will release this week as well. Um, and I believe it'll be episode 36 for them. And I think they release on Mondays like we do. So check them out. Lush us life podcast. L U S H. L U S H U S. They're easy to find. And then their website is Lush Us. So it's
0: Luscious. Luscious. Yeah, spelled, Lush Us. spelled differently. Right.
1: right. Um, and it was, I had a fun time. It was a great podcast. And I would definitely recommend. So the podcast that I got to do is obviously cool. Um, but I recommend people listening to their podcast in general, especially if you're an alcohol enthusiast. It is not only incredibly informative, but they're hilarious together. It, they remind me really of you and I. So it's, it's really cool. So I listen to the opposite sex, but the opposite sex, but they're really funny. And, uh, dare I say, um, they tow the line like we do a little bit too. And there's two of them, but they're alcohol experts. We're cigar experts. It works out really well. So check them out. Uh, check out that episode, which I believe will be episode 36. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. I'll listen to it for sure.
0: Um, so the last one, this is big. Wait, 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 wait.
1: Yeah, this is a uh this is big news, big news from the desk, big news from the hot ticket desk. For you of all of us
0: on Instagram, you've already seen it. But if you're blind, you didn't see it, so you're gonna hear it now. <laughs> um basically, um uh John Huber, uh owner and one of the founders of Crownheads reached out to us interested in doing an exclusive announcement on the Hot Ticket podcast. Yes, we were like, uh, duh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was. I, I've told Chris this numerous amounts of times. It was really hard not to fangirl
0: <laughs> like, over the whole scenario. Yeah. <laughs> so we we got a chance to talk to John about what was what we you know what he's thinking, what he's talking about, and we decided to do it. So. Um, as a precursor, episode 42 of the Hot Ticket Podcast will have John Huber on the show. Yeah, and the release date for that will be March 5th. And from now, which by the time you hear this is Monday, until episode thirty or 42, you will hear more about what we're doing as a kind of lead up to the episode. We're going to do a giveaway. Yeah, this is a... Bad ass fucking giveaway. Yeah. So we're going to do a giveaway that has um, Crown Head stuff in it. Cigars. Yeah. And we might give you a hat. Maybe we'll give them a hat. Yeah. We'll give them a hat. Let's give them a hat. You get our crown hats um, And that'll all lead up to a very exclusive announcement on the hot ticket. And I don't mean exclusive like there's. It's, it's like just John on the show that is part of the exclusivity, but there's something that we're doing with John yeah, that is exclusive that we're only going to tell you about on On the episode. episode.
1: Yeah. So you got to make sure that you pay attention up to the episode. Um, the giveaway should be really fun. I'm actually super excited to get people engaged in that process. We've got the Facebook stuff coming up. It's all rolling together. It's a ton of work, but, uh, it's all good stuff. And I know Chris and I are super excited to have John on the podcast. It's going to be a great episode. Um, I, I think it's. Uh, I think people will be. I think people will be happy that you know the context of which is going to be drawn into the episode is going to be very fun. Yeah, it's not. Uh, we're not dry interviewers, so it nah. should be.
0: It should be a blast so for everyone. Stay tuned for the giveaway details about how to enter. This week and, and definitely next week. So the week of the nineteenth is that where we're yeah the yep, week of the nineteenth the and then the week following, and we'll constantly be announcing those details over and over so we don't miss you know miss anybody or people don't miss the messaging.
1: Right. It'll be out there. We're we're likely gonna smack you in the face with it every because
0: day. because you'll want to you'll want to enter. Trust me.
1: Yeah, you definitely will. Yeah, we're super stoked for it. Yes, the whole process, so. and
0: it's taken us down a road that we're like, dude, this is what we've been dreaming about doing. Yeah. since the inception of it, like, yeah, the shit that's about to happen,
1: it's about to get real. We're on the we're
0: on the on ramp, man. Yeah, it's we're,
1: very cool. It's exciting news for us. Um, it's uh, hopefully equally as exciting for crowned heads, and and yeah. and the only thing that I'm obviously I'm not giving anything away, but you know, I. I think, and the way that I look at John Huber as far as his integral role in the cigar industry over many years is he is already and has not been put out to pasture by any means, is already a legend in our industry. Yeah. So it is an absolute honor to have him on our podcast and a part of this process. And we're doing it together, which is really cool. So yeah. um, stay tuned, everybody. We got some good shit coming up. Stay tuned for the giveaway. Stay tuned for the Facebook group page, which is going to be the Hot Ticket Cigar Faction. Uh, Let's start a revolution, babies. Yeah. And uh, until next time, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.